right, you bunch of yahoos. Strap yourselves in for another episode of Dan and Don's Toxic Masculinity. In other words, shut up, sit up, and pay attention. Here we go, and welcome back to another episode of Toxic Masculinity. We are here to offer up our political satire approach, our views on both national and international events, current events, or just stuff that we want to simply just make up and uh, attach our names to it. We're just a couple of crotchety old farts that have a bad habit of speaking the truth, but won't let a few facts get in the way of a good story. We believe in America and Americans. If this isn't for you, well, then I suggest you change the channel now because we still believe in freedom of speech and will rub your face into the cow pie of reality. We will make you scratch your head or scratch your ass, hopefully not at the same time. Mm. Without further ado, my co-host in crime, none other than the man of men, Don the Predator Fry. I'm not certain if he's got his trusty cohort there, Quinn, with him today. Oh, she's doing get off the couch. She told me you'll pass oh, okay. Women and couches. What is it about that? You know, but know. Uh, anyway, uh, today's guest is a prominent figure in the world of professional bull riding. Of course, if you were to tune in a little bit earlier, it might have been in bullshitting, but uh, we'd have to know, okay? With a deep passion for the Never sport. Never got one in. Oh, oh. Didn't ding, take ding, long. Ding. It's, it's, the, it's the caffeine is kicking in. Watch out. Or it might oh, be, uh, I don't know, maybe it's my chair top. Maybe I took a chair top pill. Who knows? Uh, with a deep passion for sport and years of experience as a PBR announcer, he has become a familiar voice and face to fans and competitors alike. It is an honor to have Matt West with us today. Thanks, Thanks Matt, for man. being here. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. That's I don't know that anybody said anything even remotely that nice to me in the last several months, so I appreciate it. Hey, well, the, the, smile the, on the, your the, pod, the podcast is not over with it. You sit across from Don Fry, so who knows what's about to be said. I, I'm terrified right now. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> I, I'm terrified. <laughs> terrified of what might be said here. Won't be, so, be pink and sluffy and soft. I'll tell you that. There's a good chance I lose my job today. I'm probably putting it out there. Yeah. Well, if you're not afraid of it, just enjoy it. It was a hell of a ride. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a hell of a ride. So here we go. So <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking bull riding. We're talking rodeos. But but yeah. we're actually, what we're really talking about is Bullshit. this is like the big end of the season event that's coming up. First of all, I'm I'm a big fan of the show. I, I love what you guys are doing. I I love the guests you guys have had. Um, I love it. So congratulations on the success. Hopefully you guys I, have never seen rolling. it. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of how I am with my shows. Everybody yeah. says, "Oh, we saw you on TV." Well, that's one of us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're winding down, man. We we're winding down. We we've started this. We've taken bull riding from like the individual aspect, and we've built teams. And now we have eight teams from around the country. Each has a, you know, their own home city, but all roads lead to Las Vegas, like any great sport, right? Where we're going to crown a champion and we're going to do that here in a couple of weeks. And, and all eight of those teams will be at T-Mobile arena. It, it's kind of like basketball, uh, in the sense that we put five guys in a starting lineup, but it's at, at the core of it, it's still man versus beast and, and who can rise to the occasion. And so it's been fun. It's our second season. And so it's a, it's a totally new spin on on one of the original extreme sports yeah. so so it, it it's been fun it's been I, a lot of fun oh i enjoy it I, you know yeah you've been yeah i mean i, I think it's great i just went the other night up there in glendale and 
it, it was a blast you know i mean the production's fantastic yeah. on the, the show production is fantastic and then obviously the athletes are fantastic i i, I say that we we kind of cross things up between like you know the the rodeo world ufc wwe when you look at what our guys are doing and the production elements we put around it, I think we kind of have the best of all three of those worlds because we have, in my opinion, and I've got a lot of friends that fight. I've got a lot of friends that play football that do all kinds of things, but I still will go to my grave saying bull riders are the toughest athletes in the world. <laughs> um, but then we take that whole, the, 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 the manliness of what they do and, you know, we, we basically lock them in an arena right. like a UFC fight. And then we put all the storytelling and, and production elements of a WWE show. And, and it, man, it, there's nothing like it. Like, yeah. and I know I'm an insider, but you take me out of the equation sitting back. I'm still, I was a huge fan when I started and I'm an even bigger fan now. So how'd you get, how'd you get the job? <laughs> I got forced. Yeah, <laughs> I, and that's no BS. I got forced into my very first announcing job. I grew up so ridiculously shy and introverted. I was I was shy by nature. I didn't want to talk to anybody. Oh, I'm just glass bucket full of buttholes. Ugly right as hell. Okay, you both got one in on me, Jesus. Uh, I I got forced into it. My my dad's buddy was a bull rider, and he he built a little practice pin and started putting on junior bull rides for kids eighteen and under. Yeah. And we started making fun of the announcers like anybody would do. They were terrible. Yeah. And uh, he said, okay, big mouth, you're doing the next one. And yeah. he forced me to do it. And I, I never wanted to do it again. Yeah. And the lady that was in charge of it, when we got ready to leave, she owned the little organization. And she said, are you doing this one next month? I said, no, ma'am, I'll never do this again in my life. I'll she keep said, my mouth shut. Yes, ma'am. I, I, I didn't realize how hard it was. She says, well, I'll pay you $75 cash if you want to come back next month and do it. And I said, what time do I need to be yeah. there? <laughs> no I'll bullshit. Yeah. That's that's how it started, man. That's How long ago was this? That was in 2003. Damn. So so here we are 20 years later. And, uh, yeah, I spent half the year on, on CBS television talking about these guys and half the year inside arenas all over the world talking about them. So. See, people don't understand what, Matt, when, when, when you say $75 today, <laughs> don't understand that because inflation is rampant. All things yeah. are crazy. You can't even buy uh, maybe two or three uh, Big Macs or something like that for seventy five bucks or now. You know, yeah, so, twenty years ago, seventy five dollars was worth seventy five dollars. Yeah, and, <laughs> and to a, a broke college kid that couldn't find the classroom, seventy five dollars was a lot of money. I, I, twenty years. It's crazy how much things have changed in twenty years. Oh. It's crazy pathetic, how much things have changed pathetic. in the last five, six years. But yeah, <laughs> you know, twenty yeah. years ago, it was a lot of money to me. Well, uh, smart ass, you ever been on a bull then? <laughs> Dumbest thing I've ever done yeah. in my life. Dumbest thing. I, I did it. And, uh, you know, as I was kind of starting and kind of starting to make a name for myself in this world, I got a little analytical and I got a little critical of, of some of the guys. And uh, they said, okay, smart ass, <laughs> put your money where your mouth is. Let's see if you really know what you're talking about. And I got in really good shape. You know, yeah. when I was in college, I was 300 pounds. And, uh, I lost a little over a hundred pounds and got in pretty decent shape and thought I could hold my own. I have sex for eight seconds. <laughs> There's a lot of things I do for that amount of time. And, and I thought I could do anything for eight seconds. Right. And so I got on the war. Matter of fact, the bull went to the butcher the day after I got on him. That's how bad he was. And, uh, 
I barely got out of the gate before I landed on the back of my head, got a concussion, didn't know where I was at. And I was telling Don before we started that I got on a bull. That was the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. And I did enroll in the same college three times and never passed a semester. So I've done some really dumb stuff in my lifetime. Uh, getting on a bull was the dumbest. I was not prepared. Or not even close. You're you're far above me because I can't even remember which which action was the dumbest thing I've ever done. <laughs> but, but you've done a lot of things to prove your your masculinity. Not, I have things, not. So. I I talk for a living, so. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I can't. I can't round up the top ten or you know bottom ten. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Means you've lived a good life. Uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun. That's I had right. A lot of fun. That's Jeez, right. I got, you know, I'm worth all this ticket. That's right. Matt, hey, Matt, is, is the bull riding, is that is that always looked upon as the, the pinnacle peak at every rodeo? I mean, because, I mean, I, I've yeah. had the rodeos before, and the skill sets that they show with all the, whether they be, uh, you know, doing the barrel racing or if they're uh, roping right. calves and see who can, who can get that calf in the closest amount, or uh, quickest amount of time. But, I mean, there's there's all kinds of skill sets, but is the bull riding, is that like the, the pinnacle of it all? Yeah. You know, it's it, it's always been kind of the main event, right? Like that's okay. that's what everybody bought a ticket and stayed till the that's end of the, the show. World, that's the world heavyweight champion. That's right. Fight. That's that's the heavyweights. That's yeah. the heavyweights that get in there, and, right. and everybody wants to see yeah. the big guys just throw hands, right. right? So everybody stuck around for the bull riding. It was always the 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 big talk of the show. And back in the early '90s, there were 20 bull riders that kind of had this crazy idea. You know what? Maybe we could take this and do it as a standalone event. Yeah. Maybe we could get the 20 best bull riders in the world and just fill an arena full of people to just watch us. And so they went out kind of on their own and, and started what ultimately became the PBR. And it, uh, it, it went from, I'm sure a pipe dream that a lot of people thought would never make it. They had this goal that maybe a bull rider could make a hundred thousand dollars in a season in yeah. a year. Yeah. And now, you know, since 2003, we've given the the world champion a million-dollar bonus at the end of the year. Right. There's guys that have made six, seven million dollars in their lifetime. Um, yeah, and and now we're a, a sister company with the UFC and apparently WWE from what I'm hearing. Yeah, uh, it's, so it's wild. That's, that's my complaint about this whole thing. You know, you brought up WWE, UFC, PBA. Well, I the other night, there was no doink the killer clown, you know. All, all, all the bullfighters were dressed properly in their, you know, in the clean cut. I'm like, no, we need some doink the killer clowns out there. We man. we we used to have a guy yeah. that, that was his whole job was just to entertain. Yeah. And uh you could probably appreciate this. He got to a point where he said, My knees ain't cut out for this anymore. Right. <laughs> and and in his mid-50s, he said, It's time for me to take a break. And now he's over in the TV world with us. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of changed, but we, we stopped and we looked at it and we said, you know what, what these guys do is so freaking incredible. Yeah. Why add anything else? Like, let's just showcase the shit that they're doing on a nightly basis. And so, and with the teams that added a whole new dynamic to it. And so, you know, when you, when you come back for the individuals, uh, season in November through May, it'll look more like that. Like we'll have a, a clown an entertainer. Yeah. It'll be a little bit different, but these, these teams deals, they've taken on a whole new life of their own. And so, and, and how many people, we, we talk how many about people guys. consist, man, how many people consist of the team? You know, they, they can, they can travel with, uh, you know, up to, I think 12, but, okay. but like I said, uh, in each game, it's five on five. 
You know, they'll have five guys in a starting lineup on each side. And so you put your best five guys. They give you a group of bulls. You take those five guys in your starting lineup and you match them up however you want to. And then you take on the other team's top five guys. And and so it's been good because, you know, like in fighting, if you're injured, you either have to fight or miss a paycheck. Now these guys, they can call a guy in from the bench, give them a day or two or a weekend off. And now we're seeing guys that are going to be able to make their careers yeah, a lot longer. Yeah, We've got a 39-year-old bull rider right now that, you know, in bull riding terms, that's ancient. Yeah, yeah. But they can utilize him, you know, once a week or, you know, once every couple of weeks. And so that's going to give him more career longevity and kind of save on his wear and tear of his body a little bit. So. What would be what would be some of the like the number one injuries? Because each each sport, each oh, profession, man. certain things. And I'm I'm just thinking, okay, bull ride, woof, okay, there's a lot of you got a big old powerful animal that you're sitting on right there for you, hopefully up to yeah. eight seconds or more. And then uh what uh what are the most major just, injuries? Just this weekend we had a guy get his leg stepped on and broke his shin bone. Uh, had a guy land on his head and probably ended up breaking his neck. He'll get x-rays this weekend. Uh, there's a guy walking around the hotel that a couple of weeks ago landed on his back and, and broke a couple of vertebrae in his back, and he's got a big back brace on. Yeah. Um, I'm familiar with them things. I hate yeah, those things. Right? <laughs> and, and the thing is, is like they're just they're counting down the days until they can go do it again. Yeah, well, you know, Dan and I both went down to Columbia, the bio – yeah, they did me great. I mean, my uh, coach McMahon pushed me in there in a wheelchair, you know, and two hours later, I walked out, went and walked around for two hours straight. You know, I had done that in over a decade. Really? Yeah. And then the next day, same thing hit me again. I went out and walked around for three hours. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like, I'm just walking, but I'm so freaking happy to walk. There's a, a lot of athletes that are going down there and doing that. Oh, yeah, I tell you what, man, it's amazing. Really? Yeah. 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 I, I was listening to like Hulk Hogan and Joe Rogan talking about that the other day on on Rogan's podcast yeah. talking about, you know, modern medicine is amazing. Yeah. What can be done to help the human body yeah. if the government stays out of the way? Absolutely. Well, <laughs> that's that's a pretty big if right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I say, you know, I I went down to Columbia for Bio Accelerator, and then and then uh, I think it must have been beginning of this year. Went down to R three in Tijuana. They've got one, really. Yeah, they've got one, so, and it helps. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I'm a firm believer in whatever helps your quality of life. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't know you were in a third world country right. when you go into these you know facilities. That's what they say. It's kind of like a resort. Yeah, almost yeah. like like a vacation. Yeah. The just take the, just the take the mat. If we're able to if we're able to get say get, get, get you Matt, get a young Matt West when he's 20 years old. Nobody wants that. And well no no okay we're getting no no just <laughs> if we're able to, so, down, no. if, no. you, if you're no. down there just, just hold you down long enough just just yeah. extract some stem cells at 20 years of age out of you and now fast forward to 50 year old Matt, 60 year old yeah. Matt to where now you got some aches some pain some things of that nature and now i'll be able to put those same stem cells right back into your body right it, there's not going to be a better matchup than your own stem cells and, and that's what i want some of the bull riders to start looking at because you know i mean the just the wear and tear on their bodies and, and 
just had a, a good friend, JB Mooney, who's probably the most famous bull rider of all time, uh, just broke his neck and, and was forced into retirement. And, and you see a guy that's in his mid thirties that can barely kind of walk around and, and JB's doing well, cause he's tougher than a yeah. human should be. But a lot of guys that have been through this stuff that are not feeling the same way, you know, they, they can barely get out of bed. They can, yeah, uh, you know, can't stand up straight, you know, and, and they're dealing with these things. And I want to see guys in our industry start to utilize things like that too. Mm-hmm. But, but we're still, and you'll, you guys will appreciate this. We're still in that mentality of, you know, just rub some dirt on it. It'll be okay. You know, it's just, I got to be a man and, and deal with it. And we're at a point in life and, and in society where there are ways to make it better. And so I'm hoping our guys will start to use some things like that and, and take note from, from guys like you that are willing to go try it. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it all boils down to education. I mean, it's, uh, you know, there's, yeah. there are some wonderful things out there. I just don't like a lot of big pharmaceutical companies that will simply just prescribe Right. Painkiller after painkiller after painkiller to you to where, you know, professional wrestling, both down. I, I've been a part of that industry as well. Right. It, it, it's a wonderful industry in a lot of ways, but it's a very sad industry on the dark side because it has probably one of the highest death rates of any, right. any type of entertainment type of sports. And, and a lot of it is just because of the number of matches that you're going to do on an annual basis. And, and if you're like a mid carder or higher above on the card, all the travel on top of promotions and that that takes place with it. You live, you live on the road. You're waking up in the morning to 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 do press conferences and all this stuff leading up to these monthly pay per views. Yep. And you stay and in that, too, yeah, you know. travel. Travel is is the hardest thing, and I think people underestimate how hard it is to travel. And for the average person that says, "Oh, you get on a plane yeah. and you go to a hotel." <laughs> you know, what a rough life, but they, they don't see it. It is, it is it's tough. A bitch, That's yeah. for me. I talk for a living, but I get paid to travel yeah. because the airports and the hotels and the rental cars and all that stuff. And like you said, I still, uh, especially on a show day, like the gym is my non-negotiable. Yeah. I have to go train. I have to go work out for my own mental clarity. Um, but when you guys are doing that, if like the pro wrestling business, you know, they're doing that still got to look good. And you worry about that and that stress and anxiety that you put on yourself. And then you're out in front of, you know, thousands of people putting a show on, and then you're immediately off of the stage, out of the spotlight, back to a lonely hotel room. And the, the roller coaster that you deal with in that industry is like, Few people will ever truly understand and appreciate what those guys go through. And, and we kind of get a little taste of that in bull riding because, you know, we're playing the same arenas. We're out in front of thousands of people and then we're back at the hotel and then we're back to the airport and then we're back home for a day or two to right. wash our clothes and jump in another plane. So right. like that stuff takes, it takes a toll on a guy. Yeah. It does. You, yeah. you talk about people not being educated. We we deal with so Sorry many people. That. We we deal with so many people that are not educated right. about how these animals are treated. Yeah. Uh, oh. they're half of the show, man. They're half of oh, the livelihood. Guy doing their fluff their hay for him, right? Oh, yeah, it, it's ridiculous. Dana White uh came out the other day and was talking about a bull. Dana White, you know, with UFC, he has a bull uh called Twisted Steel. Yeah, that has actually been selected to be in Vegas. Uh, they'll showcase that bullet T-Mobile arena when we get to our, our team's championship. And so 
Uh, I can only imagine he got a little a little heat for that, but right. but it also opens up new eyeballs, right? I don't, think Dean, I don't think Dean worries about. I don't think he. <laughs> I think he's kind of like everybody that's talking right now. He doesn't yeah. really care too don't much care about anybody's opinion. Yeah, but it's all. <laughs> but it's like our fan bases are so similar. I think. Yeah. I think. I think that the the UFC fans, MMA fans, fight fans, see what our guys do one time. And it's easy to get addicted to. Yeah. And so I, I thought it was really cool that Dana came out on his social media talking about his bull, talking about, you know, that bull being in Vegas. And uh, so we'll see. Hopefully some of his people will will check it out. I'd like to see it. Yeah. 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 It'll be cool. Yeah, have you seen well, it? Well, well, his bull? Matt said you, yeah. said you brought up. Yeah. Matt said you brought up Dana White's uh, debate there. What do you think about his his backing of, of the uh, this new competition of slap uh, slap fighting? Uh, you'll never see me ever stand there and let another grown man slap me in the face. <laughs> never. Uh, I don't know. I know you guys, you guys talked about it the other day and I didn't get to listen. What do you think? I, I don't do it. I, I just, I've been slapped in the face enough, uh, verbally, you know, I don't need to, <laughs> I think like, I think it's the most disrespectful thing a man can do to another man right, right? right. I, I just reach over bit slap somebody yeah. i'm a i'm a fight fan i want to see a guy use all of his tools i i want to see a guy use everything and and in a fight you know anything should be legal right like get after it like, like let's not stand there and, and just slap each other but I also know that there's a lot of people that love it. And, and and I wonder if it's because there's guys that are sitting at home going, oh, I could do that. Right. I could take that. Right. I could let that guy slap me in the face. I don't see the appeal to it, but I also am never sticking my hand in a bull rope. I'm never <laughs> stepping into a cage. I, I thank God that there are people that love it, though. So Yeah, well, you know, that's the thing is uh, that's one one things you can get up, get up off your ass just yeah. go do it, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, if you want, you want to try to make it to you know the major leagues in something. That's the first step. It, yeah. <laughs> go try it. So we'll see. I, I'm excited. Look, I, I'm I'm going to hang out with some of those guys here in a couple of weeks, and, and I'm excited to kind of get to know them and say, "What the hell are you thinking, man? <laughs> like, what makes the guy want to do that?" Yeah. Uh, but I can say that about a lot of my friends. So, who knows? Yeah, yeah. We'll so see. It's 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 a it's a crazy sport, and and you can understand where it it or you know originally uh, was made up in in Russia. I've been there a number of times in in the past to so my amateur career, and uh, right, oof. Uh, but they were usually uh, pretty much numb through with vodka before they would get to the slap boxing <laughs> aspect there. So I think they had their own anesthesia. Their pregame was a little Russia. different. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's it's it's so wild to me, man. It's so wild, but. Again, I, I I don't know. I I think maybe it's just us as men. We sit there and we think, yeah, maybe I could do that. Maybe I could take that. I I know better. I I'm not tough enough. Not oh, even. Yeah, no, I, I'm right want, there with you. I watch it, but I don't want to be part partaking of it there whatsoever. I want to keep whatever brain cells no. I still have left. You yeah, know, the few I've got to hang on to them tight. <laughs> the, what is the actual date of this event that's coming up here? And is, is it right in Tucson? Or uh, is it more, more? We just we just finished one in Glendale. Uh, we go to Vegas October 20th through the 22nd, okay. T-Mobile Arena. And then in November, we actually start our individual season in Tucson. 
And so, um, what's the date on that? You know, not a clue. I got to I get one day at a time. Um, like me. so in, in November, I'll be, I'll be ringing you up to come hang out with us. But that's a big joke when I was fighting. Hey, what are you doing tomorrow? You want to go to Japan and fight? <laughs> oh, I got to get through today first, much <laughs> less figure out tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, we, we kick off our individual season. We'll be rolling back through Arizona. So hmm. excited about it, you know, but T-Mobile arena to go to Las Vegas and do one night is pretty amazing. The fact that we're going to do T-Mobile arena for three nights and and be there with this new concept and it's second season. It, it's exciting for us, man. It's, it's so much impressive fun. to me is, is the truck drivers, you know, driving those Absolutely. trucks through the streets of uh, New York city, yeah. you know, get them bulls there. You yeah. Know, get them horses there in January. Know? Yeah. Madison square garden. We'll sell out Madison square garden three nights in January. And our truck drivers getting those semis—that's impressive. Man. In the middle of Manhattan, yeah. Me and my wife, we sat there this January in the cold and just watched them drive those trucks up and down the streets down Jeez, there uh, around the garden. It's it's amazing. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And then they get done with the show, and they'll take our bulls a little. It's about an hour and a half away from New York City to mm. where they keep them, mm. and they'll unload them, feed them, do everything sleep for a couple hours and then they're getting a different truck load of bulls to bring in for the next day. So, right. so it, it's always, it's like anything, right? The unsung heroes that work behind the scenes are the yeah. ones that make it all work. Yeah. They're the the real heroes in the thing. And we all get to just show up and, and live our life. So. That's just, just my yeah. wife's telling me November 10th and 11th, we're coming to Tucson. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I can't function without being, I'll be in New York city, New York city. Yeah. yeah the garden. Shit. Oh well. well, if I had to miss it for anything, that'd be the thing to miss. <laughs> that's, for. that's not a bad one. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. I'll. I promise you, I'll have. I'll have the fight on my cell phone while we're here in Tucson. Yeah. I'll be watching the fight. <laughs> I do that more often than not. Like we'll we'll be in in an arena, and if there's a big fight that I want to see, or if I've got a friend fighting. My cell phone's locked in right there on my little podium, yeah. and, and and we'll kind of try to keep track of it. It's it's great, man. Well, how how many how many of these events have you uh, uh, done? You know, since I, since you started for that seventy five dollar. Uh, you know, I I did my first PBR finals. I was part of the team for the first time in two thousand ten. So. Oh my God. I don't know. And then I went full time on this tour in like 15 and we do. No, but I mean, how many, how, many years so. how many, how many shows? I don't know. That's, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like not just PBR. It's, I mean, it's, it's little hillbilly shows. thousands, yeah. thousands, you know, and, and I never thought I would do one. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next thing I know I'm on a plane to Canada and I thought, well, that's cool. I've never really been out of Oklahoma, much less <laughs> going to Canada. And then all of a sudden I'm across the pond in Australia and New Zealand. And like, what was the passport? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I had no idea how to get a passport. And so the next thing I know I'm on a plane to Australia and we've done that 10 or 12 times. I've been over there. Went, we did the first PBR in New Zealand, which was amazing there in Christchurch. Beautiful down there. Beautiful. Yeah. And it's such a, a slower pace of living. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I could, I could get sucked into that life real quick, yeah. but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure just like you guys, all of a sudden you look around and you're, you're seeing other countries and you're, you're meeting people from all yeah. over the world. And then those people become your best friends. And it's like, 
how in the hell did I get here? Because yeah. I grew up and, and still live outside of a town of less than 300 people. Yeah. Like when I leave here, I'm going back home and it's where's that at? Oklahoma. <laughs> I live about as close to Kansas as you can get without crossing the line. We're an hour north of Tulsa and little bitty town of Delaware, Oklahoma. And there's less than 300 people there in town. And we live out kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. So when you all leave Quiet. for the weekend, uh, it reduces the population significantly. Huh? Yeah. Our, our, our vacation spot is when we finally get to go to our own house. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's, that's where we get the most peace at yeah. is at home. I understand that. But it's, it's nice. At least y'all, at least y'all get to do it together. I mean, we I, do. We did. I'd, I'd come home from being on the fucking road for a few weeks. First thing, you know, the ex-wife, let's go out to dinner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the last thing I want to do. Yeah. Look, I, I always say I love people, but I strongly dislike people when I can get away from them. Right. I, I do. I, I, I'm a people person. I love people. I want to be around them and everything. Um, and and my wife was in law enforcement for 13 years. And when we started dating, it was, it was tough. Cause like everybody thinks that if you live on the road, you're living yeah. the rock star life. Right. And I'm as far removed from the rock star life as you can get. I'm a, like I said, airport, gym, hotel, arena, hotel, yep. rinse and repeat. Yep. And she was like, bullshit. <laughs> Until she started seeing, and she was like, "You really are boring. You really it do sucks. have a boring yeah. life." Yeah, yeah. And now she gets it. So, like, when we go home, that's that's what we do. Is is we're just home. Yeah. You know, I, I see my parents and my grandma, and that's about it. Pet your dog, ride your horse, go shoot guns. Yeah, sure. That's that's it. Yeah. Got a shooting range at the house outside. How many acres you got? Uh, Thirty-four. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, my our closest real neighbor is my mom and dad yeah. about a mile down the road. So it's, it's perfect. It's, it's everything I could have ever wanted growing up. Yeah. And I didn't realize I always wanted to get the hell out of there. Yeah. <laughs> and now I, I just want to say, you couldn't run me out of there. Right. Man. Yeah. Uh, it's well, who, who it's watches nice. over the ranch when you guys are on the road. We, we've, got guy, we've, we've got a guy that, that stays close that, Oh, you know, he owns his own business. He watches everything for us when we're gone. My mom and dad are both retired, so they can go feed the horse and the dogs and make a few laps around, right. around, you know, and, and so, like I said, we live in such a small community that everything's pretty safe. You everybody, know, we know when the strangers in town, everybody, everybody knows everybody. Yeah. Everybody knows who has plenty of firearms and that car don't belong in this town that's, that's exactly right yeah. that's exactly right and and everybody kind of keeps an eye on it's it's pretty old school in the sense that like the good people still watch over the other good people right. and right. make sure they're taken care of right it's it's the way it's supposed to be yeah um like anything we've got some turds in the punch bowl right but for the most part we we have a really really good community of people yeah so, you don't nice. re don't rely on the fucking government do it all yourself. No, we, we take care of each other. Everyone hates that. We we, we, <laughs> we we take care of ourselves. It's weird how that works. Yeah, yeah. It's and everything goes pretty good. More efficient and cheaper. Yes. Everything goes pretty good when we do that. Yeah, yeah. Weird how that works. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's talk about. The, uh, we, we touched about it just a little bit. Let's talk about the the the, the PBR yeah. clowns. I mean, even yeah. though yeah, they're there for an entertainment type of element, but really, they're there to protect. The, the rioters right get, get right. them out of harm's way say a lot of people again that's where you know, a lot of people that that don't ever get a chance to watch it they they probably don't know the 
the role of what, what a rodeo clown does, but they were seasoned people uh, from the industry in the first place. And uh, they're just there just to watch over. And they were part of those bull riding that they did of that nature. Correct. Yeah. And back in the day, they were just referred to as rodeo clowns. And then yeah. you started realizing as the sport evolves, so does that role. And then all of a sudden we kind of, with the PBR took two different paths and we took the entertainment side of it and made just a, a rodeo clown slash entertainer and let the bullfighters just protect the guys. And so that became, you know, it, its own entity instead of just being one guy that would tell jokes in between and then, you know, jump in there and try to save a guy. Now we've split it up into two different jobs and those bullfighters, just like any professional athlete, they're training, they're, they're watching every single thing they eat. They're counting calories and stuff like that. I mean, they train just like a fighter would. Right. You gotta say mentally, you, yeah. you can't be telling jokes. That's right. You gotta say mentally tight on that, on your objective, you know? That's right. And, and that's why you, uh, you're separate. You have the guy yep. telling the jokes and you have the guys doing the real work. Yeah. Know? Cause it's dangerous. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. it, and you're literally putting your life on the line for somebody else. Yeah. Uh, you need to be paying, paying, paying attention. Yeah, absolutely. No joking around. And so, and these guys, I mean, they're, they're running into, into fire. I mean, I watched the guy this weekend. Uh, he stepped over the top of a guy bull took his horn, shoved it right, you know, underneath his butt Mm -hmm. and then launched him in the air. But it was just enough time for that guy to be able to crawl out of the way and, you know, and get out of there. And that's what they do. It's, it's, it's the most underappreciated job in our industry yeah. like but they do it well, it's like the truck driver <laughs> it is it is it is it really is i mean because because the great ones will do their job without ever being noticed right, right. and then they just kind a of good, duck their head and go on the referee you never see a good that's referee a, that's exactly right yeah. they're never in the way mm-hmm. they do their job and they take care of the guys and then they duck their head and they move on to yeah. the next one yeah. that's exactly right yeah yeah they understand they're not the show that's right that's right. <laughs> they're there to protect the show, keep the show moving, but that's right. Not the fucking show. And the ones that try to be aren't going to be here next right. week. You know, the 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 ones that try to be the show will be gone real quick. Oh, it's like those idiot cornermen, you know. Um, they go in there and they're always wearing some goofy hat or goofy glasses, <laughs> and they're always looking around, making sure everybody sees them. You know. Yeah. No, you're there for the fighter. You know, you're not there to be seen. Yeah. You know? There's some great cornermen out there, though. Yeah. Some great coaches, but they're the ones you don't know. They're the ones you don't notice. Yeah. Yep. Until you know, unsung heroes. You bet. They yep. are. You notice them because they're 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 chant. Their their fighter goes like this at the end of yep. the fight. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Or, or uh, like, I love, like, uh, like I've got a buddy in Vegas, Eric Nixick, when, when he gets in, he knows how to talk to his fighters mm. and it's not about the cameras. It's not about a microphone. It's about that guy that's in front of you. Absolutely. It's in the middle of a war. Mm-hmm. And, and we're seeing a lot of that now because we've taken the old school bull riders and now they're the coaches. And it's interesting to watch these guys start to develop from just the old bull rider that you know that went into a battle by himself all the time to now learning the the characters of these kids and these bull riders and and you know figuring out that you can't talk to them all the exact same right. way a good right. corner man's going to know his fighter and knows how he reacts to the words right. you know that that he delivers our coaches are figuring out that same thing and that every bull rider 
uh, reacts to things differently. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's the evolution of the sport. Yeah, it's not a cookie cutter. You got, you yeah. gotta, you gotta communicate with them differently. You gotta instruct them differently. You know, um, you've got to read them differently, and uh, it, it just there's it, more to it than what you know, yeah. just up and down. And it's not just this is our game plan. This is what you're gonna do. Go out there and do it. It's yeah. not always that. Because sometimes your mind starts to go other places yeah. and you got to get reeled back in. Right. You know, uh, you get punched in the face and you kind of forget about that game plan. Right. Sometimes somebody's got to reel you back in and get you back on track. And that's, yeah. that's, what's cool about, you know, what we're doing now. We we've got those built-in mentors. We've got those coaches, this sport bull riding's never had coaches. It's always been, you know, you talk to your buddies on the back of the shoots or you right. talk to your guys and say, Hey, what do you think I did wrong? Well, they may or may not be right. Now you've got the best in the business that can sit there and tell you exactly what you did wrong. And if you're willing to learn, you're going to be better. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, Just like anything. Yeah. You learn from the best. Yeah. You know? And you got them instructing you, then you got a better chance of surviving to the next round. And if you listen. Another year. Yeah. If you another listen. Another year of competition. Oh, are they? Uh, I had a quick question. Are, are they uh, rodeo clowns? Are they? Uh, are they mic too in case that they need to be able to interact or talk? I bring that up because, like in professional wrestling, for example, the usually the main referee has a mic, right? So that if if an injury takes place, and you know, not you know, that it's uh, they can they can let uh, you know the the powers to be know right. so that they know that okay. We have, they're flying by the seat of pants. They're, they're still trying to pull something out, some type of a match, stuff like that. But they also got to let, let them know that uh, the match is going to have to be changed here dramatically because this guy is hurt. He's not going to probably be able to pull off whatever the, the big finish was supposed to be. So, yeah, yeah. that's the one thing about professionals that always amazed me was that ability to fly by the seat of your pants. Isn't it crazy? Well, Without the aid of a safety net. <laughs> and, and if a guy gets hurt in, in pro wrestling, being able to change that storyline and adapt at the, the drop of a hat, bullfighters kind of do the same thing in the sense that, like, if a guy gets hurt, then you've got to react to what that bull's giving you. You've got to get that bull going a different direction. And and the only time our, our bullfighters will ever wear mics is – if one of them's doing television with us and it, which is remarkable to me because a, a guy that's in there saving lives and still has time to break it down and tell us exactly what's happening. In a proper like, language. <laughs> I mean, it's, like, it's like a fighter going, Hey, watch how he drops that left hand. I'm going to come with an overhand, right? As soon as, as soon as I fake with the jab, I'm coming over the top. Right. And, and these guys that can do that in the arena while they're saving bull riders, it, it's, it's unbelievable to me, but no, I mean, they're constantly communicating with each other. There's three of them out there all the time that will constantly have a triangle and they go from that bull riders priority number one. And as soon as he's out of there, there's a bull rider or a bull fighter that's in trouble. And so those other two guys are taking the attention away from right, him. It's right. and, and they just work in this crazy little cycle of three constantly. And, and if you're close enough, you can hear them kind of talking, but they're kind of just reading each other. Yeah. It's uh, it's, like any good team, when you when you work together enough and you know your role, you know your job, like everybody's going to be hitting on the same yeah, page. You know the other guy's actions before he does. Yeah. That's right. You know what he's thinking. Yeah. You're three steps ahead. Right. In this sport, you have to be. Yeah, it got to be. It's dangerous. Yeah. You, you can't just be one step ahead. you got to be two or three steps ahead. Yeah, in, it's in that dangerous. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. It's like firefighting naked, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you sound like you've got experience. <laughs> yeah, it was a rough thing. <laughs> Uh, you, you, you say that okay. yeah, not everything's the plan yeah bad, bad you say that but there was there was a I, we had a, a party uh at, at, in the season party at uh at my home a home i had out in uh, mesa arizona this was a relatively new subdivision and i mean this is a subdivision and this is just a little backyard and i have a group of wrestlers that dig this six foot by six foot deep pit because we're going to basically we're going to ground bury uh, I don't know like four or five hundred pounds of uh, meat stuff like that and I mean and so but we have to get all this charcoal so we go down to the uh, riverbanks there to to gather up all this wood. See, you no. know that part it's free that's why okay. he does it that way okay he don't buy wood he's on he oh yeah come course. on the the land shall provide the, the land shall provide come on there, down, down. i can do this in this more philosophical yes or whatever but okay so but these flames you've got all this wood in there we got flames that are above one-story buildings and i've got I've got the fire department. Someone calls the fire department. I'm out there because this is a, a two-day event, uh, a deal that I've got this group of wrestlers that have dug a pit. We 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 burned all this wood, and now we're going to be putting meat in here to let to let it cook for the next 24 hours. So here I am trying to be a referee and be this politician here between a bunch of drunk wrestlers and a bunch of firemen that are looking to do their job, and even the police that show up on top of all this. All I know is that I talked long enough to where cooler heads prevailed. The fire was controllable now. They saw I had a little little hose out there that I could uh, I could put out if I need be. They let us just do our thing. So what right. you're telling me is everything I've ever heard about wrestlers, whether they were college wrestlers, collegiate wrestlers, pro wrestlers, it's true that if you get a group of them together, you never really know what's going to happen. There's going to be a fire involved. But somebody's <laughs> going to call the fire department yeah. or the police the department. Police. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. First, I think there's the first responders all the way around there. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Wrestlers are just, they're just, you know, they they love first responders. They just like to have hang around all the time. There you go. <laughs> they just like being around them. Whatever, however Magnets. they can be around them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. amazing how that works. Yeah. <laughs> well, what what is there? Um, is there a website? Is there what are some of the social medias that people want to check out uh, the upcoming schedules and, and uh, things that come so they can start planning their vacations and that? What? Everything with us is pbr.com or anything on social media to at PBR. Um, that's your one-stop shop to find out. And, and we do, we, we crisscross all over the country. We go from New York city to downtown Los Angeles, from Sioux Falls, South Dakota to South Texas and everywhere in between. It's, it's, it's amazing how we'll go like to Northern California. Sacramento is one of our favorite places. Yeah. There's a lot of really good country people. In you know, Northern California, Northern California is different it, than Southern California. But then we'll go to downtown Los Angeles and and uh, crypto.com or it used to be the Staples Center, you know, and we'll we'll sell out there. It's it's amazing that like you don't have to come from a country background or even own a pair of boots or a hat to 
appreciate what these guys do. And so, yeah, PBR.com. Check out the schedule. Check it all out. Come hang out with us. All right. Well, obviously, they, they have to have some kind of vendors that are there selling all the, the hats and, and all the cowboy gear. Oh, yeah. that. So how does that go over pretty good there with a bunch of the uh, inner city people coming in or otherwise Look, known as city, city slickers coming on out? They get, get, get cowboyed up to go to the there's, a, there's yeah. a team out of Compton. There's a there is. bull riding the team Compton Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, we love that. You know why? <laughs> because here's the deal. These are tough. I grew up my whole life wanting to be a cowboy, right? Yeah. So many people grew up wanting to be John Wayne. Yeah. I wanted to be a cowboy. Why would I not want somebody else to want that same feeling? Even if it's for one weekend, if yeah. you're going to buy a cowboy hat or a pair of boots or a Wrangler shirt and come hang out with us, I want you to feel that experience. I've wanted to be a cowboy my whole life. I want everybody to be a cowboy at least for a day. Yeah. Right. So, so absolutely go get the hat, go get the boots, whatever, and just come be a part of our world for a weekend. It's uh, we're lucky enough. We get to live it every day. So. All right. So, so you get all these newbies coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Can you explain the, the rules of the, of the PBR for everybody? I'll give you the, the dummies version the scoring. I'll yeah. give you the dummies version. It's a 150 pound bull rider on a 1700 pound animal athlete, right? <laughs> Eight seconds, <laughs> Eight seconds, and you, you got one hand in a rope and one hand in the air. You, you can't, can't touch, touch the bull. anything else. And, and, and we, we score them accordingly. It's, it's one to 50 essentially for the bull yeah. and one to 50 for the bull rider. We got four judges and each has one to 25. So 50 for the bull, 50 for the rider. So well, what do you score on? on? So we're scoring the bulls on, uh, how hard they kick how fast they spin their direction change their degree of difficulty um just their pure athleticism how hard it is to ride that bull and then you score the guys on the way that they control you know their their own position how can they match that bull's moves accordingly so so if i think that bull is almost perfect and i'm marking 23 out of 25 that guy's got and, and he rides him easy he's got to be at least that 23 and so you know you put it together what is that 92 you know, when you, you go on both sides. And so, um, we're looking for those bulls that can be 45 points total. We're looking for those guys that can ride those bulls and, and match that and be 90 points. And gold standard. what's that? Matt, do these, do these riders, do they, do they get like this? Do they get like an information sheet on these cow, um, actually on these bulls? So bulls? they understand, I'm sorry, on these bulls. So they understand, <laughs> uh, what, what, what you know are the, the, the between a bull and a cow, don't you? Well, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, just yeah. make it clear. No, if, if, if I was woke, no, I wouldn't. Uh, no, I if, if I was woke, I wouldn't have a, 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 no understanding whatsoever sure. here. Uh, no, <laughs> it, it's funny because some of these guys will go and they'll jump on Instagram or YouTube and try to find videos of these bulls. And, and there's some websites out there that keep track of all the statistics and everything. And they can go look at a, a bull's videos, but some guys just want to react. They, they, they don't want a game plan. They want to go in there and know that their mind has to be sharp, that they have to be reactionary and just match that bull's move uh, accordingly, because it's just like a fighter. You can plan on one thing because this is what this guy's done every time he's been in a cage. But he might show up 
and switch stances on you. Oh yeah. Or switch the game plan and look totally different. Never well, say never. Yeah. That's right. Bulls like, never the same kicked. thing. Well, that's what I said when Gary Goodridge kicked my head off. <laughs> but, you know, back in the early days of the UFC, yeah. we didn't have film on anybody. Right. And we didn't know who we were getting the next round. Yep. You know, it would boom, boom. All right. Go go get some water, you know. Yeah. Stay warm. Stay loose, you know. And then, uh, oh, you fight, you fight Dan Severn. Oh, crap. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you might be planning for a wrestler. And then get in a guy that just wants to stand mm-hmm. or vice versa. You know, these guys, a lot of these guys will look at videos and that bull jumps out and turns to the left every time. Right. Well, damned if he doesn't jump out and go to the right with you. First time. It happens. It, I mean, it's just like anything else. So you can kind of get a game plan. You can kind of have an idea. But at the end of the day, when the gate opens, you've got to react to what's in front of you. And uh, so every athlete has their different approach. It's It's part of it. And it's still something I don't ever want to have to do again in my life. I, I, I you're two seconds is enough. Huh? Yeah, it, I don't know if it was that long. Well, thanks, I appreciate you being uh, being kind to me, but it was it was terrible. I mean, I was, I was shooing horses with a guy named Stony Newfang, and uh, we were going down the road, and there was a bull out on yeah. the road. And uh, he wanted to get in. He kind of liked the girl who owned, you know, who owned it, you know. So he says, "Let's go chase that bull back in the fence." And so we get out and we're walking there. And he says, "Okay, when that bull charges you, turn your body to the side. So when he scoops you, scoop up you and you yeah. roll over him." I was like, "What?" <laughs> so I, I know you've got a horse background. Yeah. Was bull riding ever anything you ever thought about? No, no, never, never crossed your mind. Never thought I never didn't think about much of anything. But <laughs> is, is it something, Dan, that back in your like back when you were fighting, is it something that you would have thought about trying? Well, Matt, I, I was that guy that you talked about that started their cage fighting career at 37. Right. That's right. uh that's why I started that. But I mean, I I did grow up on a farm, so you name the animal. We raised it all, except for we did not have horses at the time. Everything that we raised was consumable. So, Edible, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, so all the cattle we had, and, and we would have a few, we had a couple of bulls, and they're just the, the sire, all the other cows and stuff like that. So, you know, we, we had those kind of animals and all the, the pigs, chickens, uh, rabbits, ducks, geese. But again, they're just all edibles because I have seven other brothers and sisters. I'm second on the totem pole. So, you know, you know, I always just say tell people that uh, don't don't give a pet name because sooner or later they're going to be out on your plate. That's know? right. That's right. That's why my wife I always say, "Hey, you want to buy a bull? Well, it's going to die on our place. In, yeah. Any animal yeah. we have is going to spend its oh, entire yeah. life yeah. at our place. She's she's definitely an animal lover, and and I'll be damned if she hadn't softened me up to be pretty similar <laughs> to the same way. Yeah. I'm a I'm a red meat guy. Yeah. Just can't come from our yard yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah. I got pretend. Yeah. I pretend it came from the, the grocery store. Yeah. Or sort of grew it or uh Yeah, they just dropped it in. Came in from an alien planet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, man. One of my jobs was milking Peggy the milk cow for really? eight years. And uh when the me- when Peggy's milk gave out, well, Peggy was turned into hamburger. 
Oh, uh, yeah. st- still remember that that sad day in the Severn Farm when the, all of us kids are like, "Boo hoo, no, poor Peggy," and my dad's like, "Peggy never tasted so good," you know. But but that's another job that like you you've got to be on time. You've got to be there every morning. It doesn't matter if you get enough sleep or not. Those animals got to be taken yeah, care of. Yeah, yes. like, and, yeah, and we talk about people being uneducated about our bulls. Our guys will go without sleep because you're not the priority. When you get up in the morning, your number one job is to go take care of those bulls, yeah. to feed, water, make sure they're just look at them, make sure they're sound, make sure they're healthy. They yeah. don't need any vet calls or anything like that. They eat first. They eat first. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like your kids. You, yeah. you take care of them first. Right. You know, they always tell you if you're on an airplane and the mask drops down, you know, put yours on, then take care of your kids. Well, that's not real life anywhere else. Don't work that way. That's not real life anywhere else. Everybody else takes care of their kids. And these bulls, uh, for these stock contractors, that's that's their family. That's their kids. They eat first. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's yeah, it's that's the same same way on, on the farm that if you you had to get up in the morning, you had to take care of the, the yep. animals before you got taken care of, and you had to do it with a certain time period because you still gotta walk up, catch the bus, go to school. The hard part was the second feeding of the day or the second milking of the day because you're not coming home right after school. You might have a, a practice to go to or an away game to go to. So it might be eight, ten, might be midnight that you're back out there. But as my father said, son, you like to eat, so do the animals. You like to drink, so do the animals twice a day. Once doesn't in the matter. morning and whatever time you get home at night. Yeah, it doesn't matter how tired you are. There's still things that have to be done. Yeah. And they're that's all part of you. what makes you so responsible. And, you know, from that, that, again, from the farm life, it really does create more leadership quality type of individuals because you're already, you're put in charge of responsibilities and there are repercussions Yep. if things don't get done. Yep. So. And you, you learn to be responsible and take care of things at an early age. You're going to grow into that same thing and you're going to start to take care of other people. And I think that's what, you know, what makes good families. It's what right. makes good husbands. It's what makes good fathers is, is learning those things at an early age. And, and, and I just wish that people still remembered how important it is to be responsible <laughs> accountability, whether it's for yourself or a team. We, we've talked bull riding this whole thing. These guys that have been just riding for themselves now have five other guys, four other guys that are holding them accountable. So it's not just anymore of if you don't get paid, you don't eat. It's if you don't do your job, this guy's family doesn't eat. Yeah. This guy's family doesn't eat. And so yeah. that whole team aspect, it kind of holds guys account. Well, how's, the, how's the insurance working, working <laughs> for the, no insurance for the fighters? Uh-uh. No. Really? You know, it, and it's, it's interesting because like I do uh, a charity cornhole tournament. I went to a charity event this weekend and we have this organization called the Western sports foundation. Yeah. And what it is, is it's sponsor and fan driven. And what they do is, they watch uh, athletes, and when they need something, they're there to help, whether it's medical bills, if it's um, like sports psychologists, if it's, you know, things that they need help. Uh, like we've had guys that get down on their luck, and this organization will help pay the light bill or, you know, pay the electricity or help them kind of get back on their feet. And so, but it's fully sponsor and fan driven. And so, 
we we all know that every sport and every league says they've got the greatest fans in the world, right? Our fans truly love these athletes and what they do and respect it so much that they're going out and spending their hard-earned money at these things to help a guy pay his medical expenses. You know, it was GoFundMe before GoFundMe. This right. was, you know, from point A to point B. That's it. From our hand to your bills that need paid. And and it's I will get emotional thinking about it because I've seen so many guys and their families benefit from it. Right. If a guy's out and he breaks his back and he's got a newborn baby or a pregnant wife at home and he can't go provide for him now, our fans are the ones that help them in those instances. It's it's amazing. We're we're very very blessed to have the Western Sports Foundation and the people that provide for it. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to go to your local insurance salesman and say, what do you do for a living? Well, I get on 1800 pound farm animals every weekend yeah. to pay bills for my family. It's just not, not anything that most insurances cover. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> talking about a broken, broken back. I, the second time I broke my neck was, um, I had broken it in 90, like 98. 99 I, on our, I, I was doing pro wrestling for new japan pro wrestling and i didn't know it was broke so i worked on it for a year year and a half you know um and um then when i got got an x-ray you know that my doctor says yeah you got a broken neck yeah you're gonna get surgery i said well you're gonna have to wait until after i do the tokyo dome she says you can't do that you got broken necks I I work for the yeah. Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta do that. And it's the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's just that's some exactly, random little. That's exactly what I was explaining to me. I was just, I called him up. I was hey, I got a broken neck. I guess. Uh, well, Don Don Sam, we know it's your your neck and your health, but we've already done the advertising. You think you can push yourself one more time? <laughs> and you did it. Yeah. And then I was back. I had a great surgeon. I was back in the. I was back in the ring in three months. You know, so I, you know, was, was top of the line surgeon got it done. You know, and it's oh, funny because when he when he came in, you know, after the next morning after surgery, he says, "When'd you break your neck the first time?" And I, I don't know. I didn't know I did. He says, oh, "Yeah, when well, we were in there, you know, it was broken." <laughs> really? Yeah. And you just kept on going. No, I'd broken it. Um, Back in college, right, with Dan Severn's baby brother Rod. But you didn't realize. Oh, okay, so I didn't know it. I just thought I busted up my shoulder. You know, I had that happen with my hand, and he was like, "When did you break your hand the first two times?" And yeah, I, like, I I've never broken my hand before. <laughs> right. but I can't imagine the neck. Yeah, there was no nerve issues or anything. Oh yeah, I thought before I busted up my shoulder. You know, I, that's what I thought. I thought it because it's back when you had those three wheelers. You know, yeah. Yeah, those things are. <laughs> yeah, we 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 drunk, got drunk, and boom, 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 boom. You know, <laughs> that golf cart I was talking about yeah. earlier that we rode into town in Stillwater, we took it on a big motocross uh, yeah. <laughs> deal. We we tried to jump it. I don't know if you ever tried to jump a golf cart. It's not easy to do. <laughs> not aerodynamic. And catch them on fire. Yeah. We didn't learn it that day. <sighs> stupid, stupid, stupid. There's, there should be some kind of like a little. Comedy type of book you should just put together of uh, little known secrets of uh, the PBR tour. <laughs> you know, you know. I, little, I actually think it'd be rather comical there. You know, little random thing. things you learn along the way that yeah. nobody told yeah. you. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's never yeah. seen on television, but this is what happened earlier this morning. But this is what happens after when darkness falls. I always say that. Well, well, daylight is there, 
and uh, the beer isn't flowing. Yeah. People are pretty uh, level-headed. It's when the darkness comes and the yeah. barley pops start to yeah. pop out. Yes. It's, it's it's funny now. You know, the, the locker room is pretty calm. It's yeah. pretty subdued to the way it was even 10 years ago. I mean, all these guys have families now, right. you know, even the, the younger kids, they're, they're married up. They've got babies. There's, there's a lot more baby strollers in the locker room now than there are cases yeah. of beer. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. Which, you know, <laughs> it's, <or> bras. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it doesn't make, uh, for quite the entertaining stories, yeah. but it does make you feel good to go walking down the halls and see everybody with their kids and their families. And, and it makes you think, okay, yeah, we've got some real men here yeah. that, are, that are living life the way they should be. Right. It's, it's pretty neat. Makes I, and I'm getting older, and so the older I get, the more sentimental I get. And so I'm walking through, and I'm seeing these kids, and I'm like, man, that's that's the way to go. Yeah, uh, it's it's pretty neat to see. Well, you 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 know you can depend upon them if they show up with that baby stroller because they have to provide for that family. That's exactly so. right. That's exactly right. Pretty cool. Are there any, any sponsors? Uh, I'm just curious. Do you have any sponsors you want to just throw out their, their names here for? Man, that, uh... I've been very lucky. Uh, I've been fortunate because I my first Christmas when I was a baby, I was six months old, one of the first things I got as a gift was a pair of Wranglers. And then a few years ago, we get into this business, and Wrangler comes to me, and they say, hey, we want to endorse you. We want to give you your clothes. We they were, they were the same size. Of them. Like, yeah, no, I'm growing up a little bit. And, and so like, I've, I've been a Wrangler guy my whole life. And to have a company like that come up and say, Hey, you know, we want to, we want to be a part of your journey. Yeah. And then uh, a few years ago, uh, the folks at American hats, I like, I, I'll, I, we got to get you one. Yeah. We got to get you one. It, it got ordered months ago yeah. uh, somewhere. We got to get you one. Um, <laughs> it's in the flow. That's probably my fault. Um, but we, uh, you know, they, they came up and, and I, I really loved what they talked about, what they stand for. And Sheriff Lamb, I introduced him to the, to the folks at American hats and they, they have this brand that they used to wear on their cattle. The owner would put it on his cattle and it was a plus sign and an X Yeah, positive times. Okay. Uh, like even in our darkest times, we're still living in some positive times, right? Like no matter how bad it is in the world, we're still looking for those positive times. And I always thought that was super cool. And so I was honored when they said, Hey, come be a part of our family. And cause I'm, yeah. I'm a firm believer in there's a lot of bad in the world. Uh, there's a lot more good in the world. Yeah. You've just got to look harder right. to find it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, I'll just say that like the, the, the bad tends to draw a lot of recognition to itself. Whereas the good people, they're like the unsung heroes. You just don't know about them, but they're doing, they're good. It's all usually behind the scenes and that's right. Not looking for they the get their nose and grindstone and working. The know? bad's easy to see. The good yeah. are doing exactly what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. They're doing it and they're moving working. on to the yeah. next thing. And so there's a lot of good in the world. Sometimes you just got to look a little harder to find it. Yeah, you got to aim aim better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, who's the favorite to win in Las Vegas? This- oh, there's a there's a team right now, the number one team in the league, the Austin Gamblers out of Austin, Texas. They've got the MVP. His name's Jose Vitor Lemmy. He's a two-time world champ. He's arguably the greatest of all time. Uh, but they've they've had this one-two punch with another kid that just got hurt. So now they're they're starting to question who is who's gonna be the guy to step right. into that role. Uh the team in Arizona looks really, really good. 
They, they've really been coming on strong. They're sitting like fifth in the league. Had a big weekend this weekend, but there's a team in Kansas City called the Kansas City Outlaws, and they're coached by a guy named the Iron Man, J.W. Hart. And his number one priority with his team is making sure they're better men when they leave. Yeah. They put God ahead of everything. Yeah. They start with their faith. Then they start with their fundamentals, and they let things fall the way they have. They're the second-place team in the league right now, and they look fantastic. Uh, wow. be interesting to see how, how things go in Vegas. Last year when we were in Vegas, the, the last-place team in the league ended up winning the entire deal. It was the <laughs> Cinderella story. The eighth-place team wins it all in three days. And so that's the great thing about bull riding is you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, you just have no clue. You can't draw it up. Can't script it. That's for sure. So mm, a good fight. Yeah, you, yeah. for that left hook, that you can get caught at any moment. Yeah. <laughs> any moment. Somebody can knock you out. They say protect yourself at all times. Yep. Man. That's, that's what that means. Yep. And that's, that's the great thing about bull riding is, is anybody can win on any given day. Mm-hmm. You know, of course there are the great ones that prove how great they are over time, but anybody that's good enough to get to this level can win at any moment. Well, you got the, all right. So we got that established. Now who's the guy who's been solid the whole year? Jose Vitor. Let me, yeah. that guy, he's, he's, you know, that JB Mooney that broke his neck, uh, and just retired in my opinion, is the greatest of all time. I think he's the GOAT. This kid that we're talking about, Jose, in the last five years, has won two world titles. And if he weren't in the middle of his career right now, I'd really have to think about calling him the GOAT, but I can't do it yet. That's my opinion. By the time it's all said and done, he might be the clear-cut you know, greatest of all time, but he's damn sure in that conversation right now and uh but now it's not an individual sport he's right. got to have some help he's got to have the rest of his team step up and be there with him and so that that again that's what makes us all so compelling now, do they still have individual titles yeah the individual the mvp of the league so the guy that gets the most points okay. at the end of the league still going to get a a hundred thousand dollar check okay and so he's going to get paid handsomely for his performance you know whoever that one guy that does the most this season is still going to get paid for his performance and then when we start in november with our what our monster energy unleash the beast tour it's all about the individuals from november to may that that oh, world champion unleash the beast yeah Sandra, you better call, call your attorney here we call go your attorney. <laughs> i think that's i think that only happened at the local buffets when i would unleash the beast oh, yeah. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> uh yeah but that world champ's gonna get a million dollars and so you still get paid for doing your job and doing your job at a high level yeah but you can get paid a whole lot more if your team steps up with you yeah that'd be great yeah. um shit well, I mean, but it, it is great though that you have that that individual opportunity there that you can aspire at, again as your individual. But then you know the whole aspect of the team. So it's it's great. I mean, if if you do well and your team does well and you do well, I mean, you just you know you, you got the the trifecta there at that point. Time. You know so what I love? Like really happy. I I love about bull riding. What I appreciate it is it's still performance based. Right. Like it's still performance based and never in the history of this sport has there been a guaranteed contract. 
and I don't think people realize that because they see bull riders on TV every weekend and they think, Oh, those guys are on TV. They must be making a lot of money. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about <laughs> because they're on TV. They must be making a lot of money. And, and that's not always the case as we know. Um, teams has given guys an opportunity to be guaranteed a paycheck. And that's never been done in our, our, our sport. And so it might not be, you know, exactly what people think it is where it might be, but they're guaranteed an income for the most part, but this sport is still performance-based. If you're, if you're the best, you get paid the most. Right. I love that Yeah. because that gives a guy an incentive to go work his ass off and be the best at something. Not everybody in society feels that way. They want to be paid for what somebody else has done. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In this sport, you get paid the most when you're the best. And that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. It's called capitalism. You know? <laughs> that, that's the way it should be. You know, who whoever does the most should make the most. Yeah, you're damn right. Yeah. You know, you got to put in the extra time on the road or, yep. you know, doing the running or in the gym, you know, or doing the things you don't want to. Like my coach, Coach Martinez, my, my high school wrestling coach, he says, you got to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. Right. You know, you sacrifice <laughs> that time away from your family yeah. to provide for your family. Yeah. And you need to be compensated for it. So, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand that there when you're in a, in a sport like a bull riding act. Because like right. I said, there's a, there's a lot of the similarities. But what, what, what Don and I have done on road is that individual competitor. But, uh, you know, it's a lot of the same similarities. Yeah. You either go hungry or you, you eat well. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell yeah. you what. Uh, all, to all your, your bull riders out there, get a prenup. <laughs> yeah, that listen, <laughs> Matt, Matt, I'll just simply say that there's Don, so many others going to take advantage of your success. Get yeah, a, you Matt, you've got a lot of life experience. <laughs> yeah, Matt, I, I, Matt, I think Don actually has some type of law firm that he works with right there. He just, you know, just wants to keep that's talking about it, it all the time. But uh, no. it's advertising. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, Mr. Fry, what else do we want to do? I tie up uh, Matt here too much longer, right there. So, what do we have, anything else do we want to address, or do we want to simply wrap up with uh, you know social media share one more time? The big the, the date of the big event that's coming up. Wrap, wrap up with the prenup statement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On that note, <laughs> after we got that prenup in place, you know, so we're talking <laughs> about the, the grand finale of the the PBR that is uh, coming up, and before yeah. your season starts again, yeah. and just. Give it to them one more time, their match, just so they, they know the dates, that where it's at, and how they can get tickets if tickets are still available. We are headed to T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, right there on the Strip, October 20th through the 22nd. It's the PBR Teams Championship. That's the, the final. Best bull riders in the world, man. That's that the is final the, for the year. That is the final teams event. We're going to crown a champion. We're going we're gonna to have that big buckle hoisted over some team's head. <laughs> that's, that's where we do it. And so, uh, yeah. If you can get to Las Vegas, if not, you can catch it all on CBS Sports Network. Uh, you can follow the PBR on social media. You can follow me on social media. It's Matt L. West. I won't tell you what the L stands for <laughs> until we're we're off the mic. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's coming up the end of this season, and then we take like two weeks off, and we're right back on the individual journey. And so the guys will be fighting for that million dollars after that. Okay, so yeah, October 21st. Yep. And then two weeks off. Yeah. 
And then, so what, November 10th? It's I think that's right, yeah. Again? Yeah, November 10th. In Vegas? No, in Tucson. In Tucson. In Tucson, right. yeah. That's right, because I won't be here. That's what so two weeks, two weeks <laughs> from the end of the team's series to the start of the individual series. Right. There is, everybody always says, when's the off season? There is one. Yeah. yeah. Monday? Uh, that's the off season. Yeah, yeah. Like, there is no, there's that no plane, downtime. That plane ride from home. That's it. Yeah. Yep. The trip home is the off season. <laughs> That's it, man. These, you these get guys the lick, lick your wounds and then be ready for next week. You bet. Yeah. yeah. 52 weeks a year. Yeah. It's it's nonstop. Well, Matt West, I'm not certain if there's anything more that we want to add. Let right me now, ask one more question because yeah. you, you laughed at me when I asked about health insurance. Yeah. 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 So there's no health insurance with the team. No. The team. No. Now, now the teams. As far as like the team ownership, right. they they might do something different because one guy's Bass Pro Shops, right? Right, yeah, Johnny Morris that owns Bass Pro Shops. They got a team called the Missouri Thunder. Right, uh, everything Johnny's right. ever done in life has been first class. Yeah, I saw that. They they show some uh, him just plowing down a couple acres on his property and yeah, building it's 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 the most beautiful place yeah. in the world. It's right in the middle of the Ozarks, and it's yeah. just down the street from Johnny's uh, lake house. It's it's amazing. And they just, they cut into the side of this mountain there and they flattened it out and they built this beautiful amphitheater and an arena. We have, uh, we have our PBR event there. We went and watched Garth Brooks there. Uh, you know, when they first opened it up, like they have concerts, it's, it's amazing. Um, Johnny Morse, Bass Pro, he owns the Missouri team. Um, there's a team in Austin, Texas. There's a team in Arizona. There's a team in Carolina that uh, the NASCAR great Richard Childress, the owner, Richard Childress Racing. And then uh, Austin Dillon, the NASCAR star, is the general manager of that team uh, called the Carolina Cowboys. There's uh, Missouri, Nashville Stampede out of Nashville, Tennessee. And so obviously Music City has come on board with the Nashville Predators and, uh, you know, the Tennessee Titans and all of that area has really, really shown a lot of love there. And uh, who am I forgetting? Oklahoma, obviously yeah. my home, my home state, <laughs> the Oklahoma Freedom, the red, white, and blue of, of Oklahoma. And then uh, we have a team based in Fort Worth, Texas, called the Texas Rattlers. Yeah. So those are the eight teams, and and those team owners, I I know, are taking care of their guys as far as like actual insurance policies. I don't know. I I don't know how any of that works as far as their business models or taking care of their athletes. But I I do know that. It's the first time in history where those guys have ever been guaranteed money right. just for, you know, just for being a part of it. So that's awesome. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing to think that we're, we're 30 years into this and we're still starting to see, you know, I, and, and I gotta, I gotta commend our leadership because they're constantly looking for ways to make this better for the athletes. And this has certainly done this. You've went out and you've got these, these team owners that have come in and, and, you know, invested financially, invested in equity, invested in these athletes, you know, as, as human beings. And so we're, we're 30 years into this PBR journey and we're still getting better and better and better every day. So I, I think it's cool. I, I think it's, it's really exciting to see the future of where this is going to go. So especially now being tied with the UFC and, you know, and, and WWE and Endeavor and who knows, sky's the limit. Yeah. We're, we're, we're just happy to be a part of it right now. Yeah. That was one of my suggestions, you know, since, uh, you know, William and 
yeah. Morris Endeavor owns, you know, and they're so involved with the uh, movie industry. I'm like, get these guys in in the SAG. Yep. Yeah, that way they, you know, give them a little bit parts throughout the year, right? You know, and then they build up enough money. You know, you make so much money a year, you qualify for health insurance, right? So I'm like, let let SAG pay for their health insurance. Yeah, that's you a, know? That's a, especially with the Yellowstone effect. Yeah. Everybody's watching Yellowstone. Yeah. It's cool to be a cowboy right now. Right. It's so cool they're, to be. Been the damn movies. Absolutely, the movies pay for it. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and then it also preps them for when their career's over. Yeah, because you know? because that's the thing. There there is no retirement plan for a bull rider. You know, you you're setting yourself up the whole way. It's, it's no like, guarantee of tomorrow. Like, you know, just in like our, fighter in industries. That's, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. So so you got to plan ahead and and hope that you've planned accordingly. And so so I couldn't agree more. I think that's a great idea. Plan accordingly by getting a prenup, people. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get a prenup, but my wife has since taken out like six life insurance yeah, policies. Mine did that too. Watches a lot of Dateline. I don't yeah. know what's going on. Lot <laughs> of weapons around the house. Yeah, he and, just tripped over it. I don't know. And she's still in law enforcement and watches Dateline religiously. I don't know. It's it's whatever. Yeah. Curious. It's weird. <laughs> just curious. Well, I'll, I'll simply say this: that that the Duke has been looking over your shoulder the, the entire uh -huh. episode right there, Matt, and he's been smiling. You know, his approval about this entire conversation there. So, you know, uh, and honored the Duke here himself to be talking about PBR bull riding. Hold on, seven. Hold on. Look at the Duke real close. Turn turn around, you big dummy. And look at the Duke. No, wrong way. Yeah. Turn around the other way. Look at his ear. <laughs> Talk about, he needs health insurance. <laughs> hey, well, Don, uh, Don, Don, you, you need to tell them. How that got there? What were you teaching your daughter? Who the fuck gave you a speaking role? <laughs> you, need, you need to tell them. You need to get out. Put that damn thing down. You just go like this hey, with what? them buttons. You need to tell them what you were teaching your daughter when that happened. Come on, how to shoot? I was giving her safety instructor lessons. This is how not to operate a, a weapon <laughs> under the influence. No, it wasn't any influence. Okay, I, all right. I don't think. <laughs> hey, nah, she wasn't drunk. Real talk. I've been between the Duke, the greatest flag that's ever flown, and two of the toughest men God ever created. You guys have no <laughs> idea how how you made my day today. So thank you guys. And you didn't wet your pants. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> well, we have to end this pretty quick because Dodd's little uh, little bladder can't last much yeah, longer. Yeah, I'm yeah. surprised. I'm not surprised that we've gone this far. <laughs> <laughs> so. This concludes another episode of Toxic Masculinity. And again, I want to thank you, Matt West, for being here and talking about PBR, bull riding, and the, the grand finale that is coming up. So, folks, check out PBR.com and to see the scheduling that's coming up. And because as the season, as the season ends, a couple weeks later, it just begins again. A new cycle to, to see what team is going to come up on top and who will be the champion of champions of all. Thanks, Matt, for, for being a part of Toxic Masculinity. It's an honor. Thank you, guys. Thank you for watching another episode of Dan and Don's Toxic Masculinity. You better like, subscribe, and share, or I'm going to come to your house.